Hello everybody, this is Parshish Parsha Shmais. And the Ramban, in his introduction to Sefer Shmais, he asks a very obvious question. He says, we know Sefer Bracious is Sefer Hayatzira. It talks about the story of creation. It begins with Hashem creating the world. And it culminates with the story of Yaakov blessing his 12 sons, giving each of them their mission statement. With the completion of the world, now there's Shvatim, there's Klai Yisrael, there's the people who their job is to complete the world, bring the world to its perfection. The creation of the world is set. Sefer Shemais, Chazal tells us, is known as Sefer of Galus and Geula. It depicts the first original exile, and it depicts the redemption from that exile. But the question is, seemingly Sefer Shemais should end much sooner than it does. It should end somewhere in Parshas B'Shalach, once the Jewish people leave Egypt, or maybe a little bit further, once they cross the Yamsuf and the Egyptians get killed. Why does Sefer Shemais keep going all the way to Vayaka Pekudeh? Now, Ramad explains, this is a very fundamental point. He says, Golos and Geula doesn't mean just physical exile and physical redemption. The Shvatim, before they went down to Mitzrayim, they were at the highest level a person can reach. The Shvatim and the Aves, they were people who, they were in this world, they were living in the physical world, but they were a Merkava Lashchina. They were people who, literally, Shechina could rest on them in this world. They reached the highest level of man. When they went into Mitzrayim, when they went into Gullus, they lost that. They sunk lower and lower and lower as the generations went on. They sunk down to the 49th level of Tumah, as the Mepharshim tell us, and Getting out of Egypt wasn't enough. Getting out of Mitzrayim, they had to stand by Har Sinai, they had to build a Mishkan and have a Sraj Shekhinah. Only then, once Kaisro reached a level where the Shekhinah could come back and dwell amongst them, that's when the redemption happens. That's when we have full-fledged Geula. And something we have to keep in mind in ourselves, that that's really what it's about. Full-fledged Geula, full-fledged redemption, is when we get back to that level, when we get back to our fullest potential and madrega of being people who the Shekhinah could dwell amongst us. The parsha continues and tells us the story how Meshur Abenu, how he's cast into the river, and he's pulled out by the daughter of Parai, and she gives him a name. She calls him Meshur. And we find that the Torah of all the names that Maishar Rabbeinu was given, the Gemara tells us Maishar had seven names. His, when he was born, his mother named him Taiv. Some say his name Avigdor. Maishar has all kinds of names, but the Torah chooses specifically this name that Power's daughter gave. And the question is why? What's so unique about this name? So Sar of Hirsch says a very beautiful thing. He says, grammatically, his name shouldn't have been Maishar. The Pasuk says the reason why she called him Maisha is because Kimin Hamayim, for from the waters, Mishisihu, I pulled him out. That being said, his name should be Mashui, the one who was drawn out from the water. Why is he called Maisha? Which means literally one who draws. So a verse explains that his stepmother's adopted mother, a daughter of Pare, she wanted to imprint something on Maisha. She wanted Moshe to live his whole life with the idea that you were saved. I saved you as a baby. You were thrown into the water. I went and I risked a lot of problems by going and disobeying my father's decree. And I went and I pulled you out of the water. But 
I want you to do something with that. I want you to live now as not just a mashoy, someone who is saved. Now, that should make you become a moishet, someone who draws other out of the, others out of the water. That reality that you were saved as a baby, it should make you become a savior of other people. And it worked. Moshe Rabbeinu grows up in the palace, but yet, what does he do? He went out, and he went to see what's going on with other Jews. He didn't live comfortably in his own place and forget about everybody else. He goes and he tries to get involved. He gets in trouble. He has to run away. He sits in Midian for 40 years, 60 years, according to Samuel Joshua, and he sees a fire burning up a bush. And what's the first thing he thinks of? He says, wow, I see that the Jewish people could survive the gulls because you see a bush being burned by fire, but still the bush stays intact. It's not consumed. Moshe Rabbeinu is constantly cognizant of the Jewish people. He's constantly thinking about other people. And that is what the Torah wants us to know about Moshe Rabbeinu. He is a Moshe. He's somebody who took what happened to him and he uses it to inspire himself to go and take care of others as well. I think it's something important for us is that sometimes in life, unfortunately, we do have to be on the receiving end of favors. We need other people to help us out. Everybody has moments where he needs others to help him out. But what do we do with that? What happens if someone helps us out? Do we take that like Moshe Rabbeinu and we say, okay, someone helped me out. I have to take that now and use it to help others as well. That's what the Torah wants us to do. The Ramah in Shulchan Aruch, Sivim Pevav, Siv Zayin, I believe, he writes interesting halacha. He says that if a Jewish child, for some reason, his mother's not able to nurse him and they have to get him a wet nurse, technically, halachically, it's permitted for him to nurse from a non-Jewish woman. There's no prohibition. It's not considered not kosher. However, says the Ramah, a person should try their hardest to get a Jewish wet nurse for their child. And the Rajba and others are quoted as a source for this halacha. And they say that the source for this halacha really comes from this week's parasha. We find that Meishu Rabbeinu didn't want to nurse from the Egyptian women until his sister Miriam went and found a wet nurse from the Jewish people, who was really his mother, Yechevet, and then he nursed. So the question all the commentators ask in this halacha is that this Thing that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to nurse from Egyptian women. That's a special thing about Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara tells us in Saita that because Moshe Rabbeinu was destined to speak to the Shechina, because he was a child who was going to eventually grow up to be the one to speak, so to speak, you know, directly with the Shechina, so that's why he couldn't nurse a renowned Jewish woman. So how can we say a blanket statement in Halacha that every Jewish child, the Halacha should be that you have to try to get a Jewish woman to be his wet nurse, if it's something unique about Moshe Rabbeinu, who is one of a kind, in regards to him not being able to speak to the Shechina in such a circumstance. So the Emes Yaakov points out, he says, you see from here a very important thing in Chinuch. When we raise children, we don't know what's going to be. We don't know how high they're going to go. But we have an obligation. We have to raise every child. We have to give every child the opportunity to get to the highest madriga, to get to the level of being able to speak to the Shechina. We can't do anything to our child which can hold him back, which can stop him from fulfilling his highest potential. So we have to give every child that chance to be somebody who can speak to the Shechina. And it's an important lesson whenever, you know, kids can make us crazy, we want to sit them down and want to watch something so we can get a few minutes break. We have to stop and think, this thing that we're showing them, is this something that's going to stop them from being able to speak to the Shechina one day? Is this something that might hamper them? 
And we have to take that time and effort to try to filter and figure out what we show our kids, what we expose them to, because our obligation as parents is to give every kid the chance to become somebody who can one day speak to the Shekhinah. I just want to end off with one last far. It says in the middle of the parsha that Maishah Rabbeinu sees the burning bush. It says, A surah I will turn aside now, and I will see this great sight. By Yar Hashem, Hashem saw Kisaliris that he went in turn to go see. By Yikra Elav Elakimitayachas. Now Hashem begins to call to Moshe from the burning bush. And the Medrash says, "What does it mean that Moshe turned to go see? What does Asura know?" So one mafarsh of the Medrash says, Rabbi Yechonin says, he took three steps. Gimopsiyos. He was on the way. The bush was off to the side. He walked three steps out of his way to go see the burning bush. Rishlakish says, no, he just turned his neck. He just turned his, turned his head to go look at the bush. And that was the Asura, now let me go turn aside, which ultimately made Hashem agree to speak to him. And the Baron Cutler points out, he says, obviously, there's no question that Moshe Rabbeinu was already on the level that Hashem chose and decided to make him the leader and the, ultimately the, the, fun, the most fundamental prophet that Jewish people ever had. He was obviously an extremely special person. He obviously had all the qualifications ready. It can't be that this little three-step or turning of the head, this couldn't have been everything that made him worthy. Obviously, he had the qualifications. But yet, if it hadn't been for him taking these three steps, or for at least just turning his head, he wouldn't have, been, he wouldn't have merited to become a Shurabinu. Cesar Bar Keller, a lot of times in life, we have everything it takes. We have all the qualifications, we have all the schuss, and we have everything that, that we need to merit great, great things. But we're missing that little bit of pushing, that little bit effort that we need to exert to get us to that level where we really get what we need. And a lot of times in life, it can be such a shame. If we just pushed a little harder, if we just went the extra mile, who knows what we'll get, who knows what kind of success we'll see in everything we want in life, who knows what Hashem will give us if we just push ourselves just to drop harder, just a little bit further. But Hashem, we should all be zaychet to see the results of all our efforts. We should have a wonderful Shabbos.